0: People always draw houses and they always draw penises. Isn't it funny that they always draw colonial houses and circumcised penises? And I was like that's always <laughs> stuck with me because like nobody ever draws a different type of house. No one's like, oh, it's a split level, and nobody ever draws like a penis with a foreskin. Like
1: that's why Joe started his all the dicks initiative, where he's inspiring young children to draw all different types of dicks.
0: <laughs> draw your own dick, whatever, whatever it may look like. Don't say children in that. That's not good enough. <laughs> 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 <that> <laughs> It <laughs> was like a delayed reaction Where I was like, oh, come on, man Don't cut this the wrong
1: way uh. Welcome back, everyone To S1E1, the show where each week We pick a different sitcom Watch just the first televised episode and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show. Rate it and decide if it's a show we want to green light or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest has gone 30 episodes over three seasons on Apple TV. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing February 7th, 2020. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the boys, most of them at least, Nick, Bird, and Joe, no gordo this week. What's going on guys? Hey
2: yo.
0: If I wanted to dig holes all day, I'd fire my gardener.
2: <laughs> That's not the one I thought you'd go with.
0: I have so many of them, but I think that Pootie Shoe is maybe the worst villain. Of any show we've ever covered. So I wanted to give him... It's <laughs> also the point.
2: weirdest sentence you've
0: ever said. <laughs> Every time I talked about it, I was like, this Pootie Tang kid. And I was like, God
1: damn it!" I keep saying Pootie Tang. Pootie, tang did it again. <laughs> Get that Pootie. Knowing Gordo can't be here for this episode and some of the things that were said and done, this is really not the episode for him to pick. Gordo always seems to
2: miss the ones that would... I feel like he would benefit most from being a part of.
0: Right, like Gordo would have given this episode four buttholes and he can't be here (laughs) to do that, and it's fucking weird that he can't be.
1: I also I said at the top of the episode Apple TV, but it's technically Apple T V Plus, right? What's the difference?
0: Apple T V is the device.
2: Just
1: the
0: game,
2: right?
1: Isn't it?
0: Yeah, like I have an Apple TV and I can watch shows on it. Apple T V Plus is the service that they put original content on.
2: Right.
1: Okay.
0: That said, this show is written by some of the funniest people in the entire world, and I had never heard of it until like two <laughs> weeks ago. Apple TV
2: is so bad at advertising. So and I bad. have
0: an Apple TV. I have the machine in my living room. I watch it every day. You think at one point they'd be like, hey, buddy, you like It's Always Sunny, right? Like, look, it's fucking rickety cricket. You want to watch this show? I would have been like, <laughs> I guess, sure. This is
1: another show... If um, Ferg picked it, if he hadn't, I didn't know the show existed. <laughs> I had no idea until he picked it. Here's uh, the
2: problem, I think, though, because I we've talked about this before, about how Apple TV is bad at advertising. They probably advertise plenty, but they're... Obviously, we're not going to see the advertisements on Hulu, on Netflix. Their direct competitors are on not going to advertise for them, which is primarily what everybody's watching nowadays. But um, people
1: own Apple everything now. Like, I think I'm I the only say, person yeah. on earth who doesn't own an Apple product. So, like, yeah. you can pump it out to everybody.
0: I just spent $700 on a new iPhone this week.
1: Yeah, you don't have to, like, send everyone episodes or anything, but there's a way to advertise, like, within the devices they have. Right. For
3: them to be successful, they either have to merge with another platform or one of the big titans has to die. Like, Netflix has to go out of business. It's just I too many.
0: Is, I think this is a Cobra Kai scenario. Nobody gave a shit about Cobra Kai when it was on YouTube Red or whatever, because who was <laughs> yep. going to watch that? And then all of a sudden they were like, let's put it on Netflix. And Cobra Kai became this humongous show. I think if they were smart, yep. when they renewed this show for a second season, they would have put season one onto Netflix or Hulu to get people hooked. And then they would have come over for the second season.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, You know, because we... The other... Ted Lasso is the only other Apple TV Plus show we've covered, right?
0: Right. And maybe the only other one I could name. And to be fair, I didn't know the name of this until a week ago.
1: That show is popular. Like, Ted Lasso is popular, but I don't think it's nearly as popular as it could be. If it was on Netflix or Hulu, it it would
0: be so much bigger, yeah.
1: Yeah. HBO, like... Start HBO Max, yeah, or the
0: Max or whatever it is now. The Max. I think now they name their station after a weird pedophile, save by the Bell restaurant.
1: <laughs> oh, I was thinking of um the old the Correct. MTV, MTV show. cartoons, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Next on Eon Flux is MTV's uh, Oddities. Ferg, did. I
1: mentioned that you picked it. Was there any particular reason you picked this not sitcom? <laughs>
3: I just really enjoyed this show, and this is about as much a sitcom as some of the other non-sitcoms we've chosen, so. I'll give you that. But I um, I remember seeing, it's funny, we're talking about how it's not advertised. I remember seeing briefly advertisements for this, but not a lot of them. And being like, oh, it looks okay, what's it on, Apple TV? No, I, I guess I'm not going to watch it. And then um, one of my other buddies like, you got to watch that show, and I love Always Sunny. And ironically, I hate Mac on, on Always Sunny. Like my least favorite character, but um, I gave it a shot, I got hooked, and then I went full on binge. I watched like all the seasons of this, like I did the, the same and, like, thing. I'm not, I stems, haven't like... finished it
2: yet, but I did a pretty heavy binge at one point, I could not stop it. Um, but I, I, let me and this, so the comparison I always in my head thought about, and I'm pretty sure we've all seen both of these things. So it's got a very Silicon Valley meets oh, yeah, grandma, I was gonna bring that up meets yeah. Grandma's Boy. It's like if those two things had a you yeah. know, television show child. And I, I love feel, both yeah. of those shows. And I love both kind of like, those things. It's kind of like the best parts of both of those, too.
1: Heavy on Silicon Valley. It is 80% Silicon Valley. It definitely leans that way. I don't know about 80%,
2: but...
0: Yeah, I, I'd say I it's 60-40. Think... There's a lot of scenes <laughs> where they're in like the boardrooms that feel very much like Grandma's Boy. Right. Grandma's Boy, the movie that I was like, I don't know if this is funny. And then he was drunk and high and put his hands on the tray in the oven to take out his food in <laughs> the morning and i was like this is the most relatable movie to any teenager of course she doesn't world. have a
3: microwave
2: she's fucking a hundred <laughs>
0: r.i.p
3: it's so cold when you're
0: dead <laughs> how did he see me this show when i explained it to uh people this week when i was talking about it i used it in a for me i'm not a gamer right so to me it was like the league when the league first came out, one of our friends was like, you'll love this show. You'll think it's so funny. And I was like, I don't watch football. I know nothing about football. I don't know how I'll find this funny. And then I watched the league and was like, oh, I get it. It doesn't matter. It's not so much about that. This is the same thing. Or if you told me the like, elevator pitch to this show, yeah, I'd be like, I can't watch this. I'm going to be lost. It's not like my world. And then I watched it and was like, this is fucking hilarious. I
2: get it. I mean, you can yeah. say same with Ted Lasso. Like, I don't like soccer in any way, shape, or form, and I loved that show. And maybe that just goes, maybe we're just too close-minded. <laughs> maybe, maybe we yeah. give more shows a chance, regardless of the, you know, the plot. To that You're- I will say, though, Nick, we give a lot of
0: shows a chance, because we literally spend 52 true, yeah. weeks a year watching sitcoms. We watch a lot of them that we probably never would have given a chance to.
2: Yeah.
1: This is a show created by, we, we bring up always Sonny and Rob McElhenney, uh, the star of the show, also one of the creators, along with Charlie Day, uh, also of Always Sunny fame, but just not in the show itself, and then someone by um, Megan Gans is the third person uh, on the creative side of this. I think this is the only thing that she's created, but when I look at her credits as far as writing goes, a lot of she's good been writing. In television writing for a while. She's written for Always Sunny, Community modern family last man on earth all shows we've covered so uh, a lot of my picks yeah if, if you go back uh if you're pretty new to us go back we've covered all of those shows uh and give those a listen i guess a good time to remind you guys go to s1e1pod that's where you can find s1e1pod.com rather which is where you can find all the links to where you can listen to us our social medias s one e one Pod not.com. is where you can find our twitter and instagram all that stuff. So interact with us, hit us up. We like to know what shows you want us to cover and just talk to us in general. It's nice Please to find do. out.
0: Before um, we start the episode, one thing I wanted to note real quick is Jay, we already started.
1: Uh, we've been doing this episode for a while, Joe. We're live pal. Oh, sorry, before
0: we start the <laughs> review, before we get deep into the minutia yeah. of the episode, you said something very telling about this when we all were like, Where was this show? You're like, Started in February 2020. Oh, yeah.
1: We
0: we're like, Everything was happy, shiny people in February 2020. And by March 2020, the world had. Fallen apart but, but we all thought that it was only gonna fall apart for a little while so we all just watched tiger king and by the time tiger king was over we were all just like depressed. miserable scared this is great anybody. no work <laughs> yeah <laughs> but <the> two <laughs>
1: weeks of it was amazing i was like i'm gonna get so much done i'm gonna work out every day i would say that should have helped this show everyone was just home watching tv if it was on any other network i think it would have if it was something that people were aware existed yes yeah and then um, I thought this was a little interesting, just looking at, like, I always try to look at the IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes scores. Rotten Tomatoes has a critic score of 97%, audience of 85 and then the IMDb is at a 7.7. So they're all just, they're not that close. They're all a little different. All decent ratings, yeah. but kind of all over the place.
0: But all in the C to B range, which I think is fair.
1: Well, high A for the critic score, 97%, so. oh, ninety-seven percent.
0: So that was ninety-seven. it's eighty-seven. Yeah, no, so,
1: ninety-seven, eighty-five, and then seventy-seven. Essentially. So I think, like, of the ones we've covered since I've tried to start noting that stuff, the biggest difference I saw from the three numbers.
0: And again, I wonder if that if that's skewed by how few people have maybe seen it.
1: Yeah, well, no, because that's all based on people who the people who have seen it are the ones rating it. So. Right,
0: but when a, when you get a larger audience, yeah, to watch you'll get a it, better you number. You get a bigger I'm, number, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, to get into the actual Mm. review of the episode here, it starts with almost, it's like a commercial, but it's really played out almost like this infomercial documentary style, the way it's presented, and it's just telling you about what Mythic Quest is, and it breaks down the, it's kind of a good device for us, right, as someone who's being introduced to the show, this commercial, and it's kind of telling you about the game and how big it is these days, and how it's expanded over time, and how... Now they're about to launch their new expansion, which is called Raven's Banquet. We meet Ian, who's the creator of the game, and that's played by Rob McElhenney. He's kind of going over his vision and starts introducing you to all the other characters, which I, I won't go over all the names now, but as a viewer, it was a really nice way to get caught up to speed right away. I thought it was kind of nice. It was almost like, Okay, this is eating up the first two to three minutes of the episode, but it's putting us right into this world.
0: And you already get an idea that he's kind of a pretentious load because his name is Ian and he goes by Ian. So, like, you already are like right into (laughs) the world of knowing, like, okay, this guy's a shithead.
1: And I like when it did end. They were like, what is this? And he's like, it's a commercial for the game. It's like, no, it's a commercial for you. (laughs) (laughs) But, um,. Yeah, no, I, I did like using this as the device. And I mentioned minutes earlier. Yeah, this was, what, a, a near 28-minute episode? Because Ferg, I think, just does this deliberately at this point.
0: In my regular life, a 28-minute episode of a show, not a problem at all. It by taking notes so I can analytically discuss a TV show episode, six extra minutes on a show is hard to get through sometimes.
1: I'll say this time, where this was so just kind of dialogue-heavy the whole episode, I didn't find it that tough on a note standpoint to kind of get through it. But I don't want to make a habit of these super long episodes.
0: Some fans of ours have suggested some shows, too, where they're like, I think you guys would do great. And you look at it, it's like 47 minutes. It's like, how yeah, it's fucking like, dare you? That'll yeah, never we <laughs> no, no, no. would have shows? to be like, you, you can em. pay us to do
1: privates. <laughs> if, 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 if you really yeah, want Jay's to do fans then, well you can pay, you can pay Jay privates. for his
3: privates.
1: Yeah, if you, if you want to if you want to pay me we'll we'll do a nice long long episode. But uh um, Jay's yeah.
0: long long privates you can pay for.
1: I wish, pal. Um,
0: <laughs> don't we all.
1: So yeah, and from there we get just a quick intro, which is just like the title screen with some music, very um game-based, so it makes it look like the game, what would have probably been the intro to the game as well.
2: Yeah. And I like to um so it goes mythic quest and the sword comes down and like kind of pierces the M and the Q. Um, and then it says, you know, Raven's banquet underneath, which is cool because I know that this is, doesn't matter after what we're talking about, but each season is kind of, is named the, the expansions name. So like yeah. next season, it's like, it's called something else, which I think is a, a, a different way to do it instead of like, you know, one, two, three, whatever.
0: Yeah. Like one, one world. Right. Yeah. So-
3: it's funny, um, you mentioned COVID earlier. One of the seasons, they invent this, like, it's like a big plague, and it happens during COVID, so they put out the release of this plague thing, and then COVID on the show happens, and it really hurts, like, the business. It was just like, that's the season they put out during COVID, so they kind of worked with it, and they have, like, a full episode that's just, like, all via Zoom clips and, like, creative ways. Yeah, I forgot about that episode. It's, it was actually sit.
0: pretty good. I, I like the idea of that, but I will say so many things were happening at that time where like everyone like there'd be like Saturday Night Live episodes where it was like everybody's gonna do a skit from their home where I was like, I can't fucking handle this anymore. Like I now, don't wanna norm- I'd rather normally, watch no TV. I,
3: normally I'd agree with you, but this is the one show I they did it so tastefully and it's one episode. It's not the full season that's like that, and I, I really enjoyed that episode.
0: I mean anything has to be better than wrestling with the uh screen people faces that was like the most jarring (laughs) awful thing i've ever seen in my entire life
1: i think it's it's one of those things and i don't want to get too into it because it's not this episode all that stuff that happened in the COVID era with television it made sense for shows to address it and it was it kind of created a unique way to introduce storylines that are just a different perspective than what they would have ever been able to do otherwise but i'll say this stuff now being a couple years well I think technically just months removed from it, but it just, it dates it in a weird way and not in a fun nostalgia way. So it's like, it's very interesting to go back and see these shows now where they're talking about masks and everything else and social distancing and just, I don't know. We lived it. It's not like where I want to go for my entertainment.
0: No, I just don't want to talk about it ever again. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like, this thing happened. Yeah. It was, it was real shitty I remember doing like a jump and kick my heels in the air the first time I walked into a coffee shop and they were like, We're not wearing masks and I was like, Holy shit, we're back. And I got COVID like right after. So it wasn't yeah. like it was really <laughs> fucking
1: gone, you know? Like in celebration, we're all drinking from the same large cup. Right. Like everybody make out real quick like a Caligula yeah. scene. I get
2: the urge or like the knee-jerk reaction to incorporate COVID into what you're doing, whether it be a movie or a TV show. Uh, I guess more TV show. I don't know why you wouldn't put it into a movie that wasn't a part of the movie already. Yeah. But uh, I appreciate the people way more who decided to just ignore it and pretend like it didn't happen. I agree. Because it just, I don't it's just a part. Nobody wants to remember that. Nobody wants to go back. I get anxiety thinking about having to wear a mask all day every day again.
3: Uh, I don't want to have to relive it. So I, I appreciate when people ignore it. I think the we'll reason the why subway. a lot of these Ugh. shows though incorporated into their storyline was they had to explain why on the show there was only four people on screen at a time on a show that there's usually a million. In. Right. True. Yeah. And it they couldn't one- just keep the show on hiatus. They had to make these shows with what they had. So. Why not incorporate it?
0: One of the most creative ways, and it's a show we'll definitely cover, it's on my list, is there was a show called American Housewife that ended last year that was really, really funny. Uh, Diedrich Bader was in it. Um, I forget the woman's name, the actor, but she's the girlfriend on um, Eastbound and Down. She's, like, the mom in it. A bunch of people are in it. But um, one of the characters in the show, in that that season where they recorded during COVID, they just, she, like, couldn't be there because she had kids. And, like, it was, like, too risky. So they just said that she was on vacation. Like, she, like, met some guy, and they went to, like, Barbados or whatever, so she would just pop in once an episode and be, like, on Zoom, being like, what are you guys up to? And I was like, that's the best way to do it, because you understand why they're doing it, but they don't just, like, throw it in your face, you know? Ellie Wong. It was Ali Wong who did it.
1: So anyways, um, after the title screen, we get to... It's like a conference room staff meeting going on, headed by Poppy. And Poppy's, like, the kind of main developer and kind of creator behind most of these behind this game and everything going on.
0: Yeah. She's
3: head programmer.
0: Okay. She's like the lead engineer, right?
1: Yes. And, uh, you know, she's kind of going over like all the stuff that's coming out with the new Raven's quest, uh, Raven's banquet, uh, that's coming out. And she's got like the little clicker doing the slideshow presentation. And just getting ready to launch. I think they're days away from the, this launch that they've been working on for the last couple of years. And as it's about to wrap up, Ian, who's like the top guy here, was like, wait, hold on one second. Like, are you sure we're totally done? And then he kind of goes back and he happens to have his own clicker. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes back and he finds the shovel. And basically this whole episode is just based around the idea of the shovel that's being added to the game. It, it really, it's like... The whole thing was this power struggle, really, because Poppy did something on her own, and Ian so, like, needs to be on top of every little aspect of the game that this shovel was created without him really being aware of it, and he seems really off-put-by. It he needs to put, like, his flavor on it.
2: Yeah, he can't deal with the fact that he has had no part in this Shovel. It's literally just a shovel. There's nothing. It's just a shovel. Special like, about it. It digs. It looks like a normal shovel. You can't use it as a weapon. It's just a shovel.
3: I will it's say though. Last,
0: last month, I bought a shovel for the first time in a long time. And when you're in the store with one, you definitely start swinging around a little bit. Like it's like a weird, <laughs> it's a weird thing. Or just like in the Ocean State job lot, being well, like, you know, if I had to. Right?
1: <laughs> it may. Yeah. It's um. We- in those situations, also, like, the idea of shovels, like, it's one of those you need to have one, but you hate paying for one when you buy it because you're like, this is so much money. But you but you need the shovel. Like, there's no way around it.
0: It's Again, it's dumb adult stuff you don't think you need. And then one day you're buying a rake and you're like, $40. You're
1: like, fuck, what do I do now? But you grow up want... in a house where you already have everything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. when, when you're a kid. And everything already exists. So then when you have to, like, start over or, like. All these little things pop up. I and you just realize, day, that, like, I was like,
3: I, I want to buy a launcher, two hundred dollars. Like, I don't need a launcher
1: that much.
0: <laughs> I will sit in the grass. I will not pay for this.
1: And we get a quick cut during this meeting when an elevator opens, and we meet David, who's the executive producer uh, of the project. Correct? Is that his title? I believe yes. He's yeah, he's, exec- producer he's executive producer of the, of the, the whole area. like area. Uh, yeah, the whole thing. And he has a new assistant, Joe, and he's showing her around. And during this whole time where he's like showing her the office, it's noted that there's a meeting going on because he was like, oh, we have to wrap things up. I have a meeting to go to. She's like, aren't they already having a meeting? And that's when he realizes that there is already a staff meeting in session. We cut back into it. And David's kind of like rushing in mid argument between Ian and Poppy with the shovel. And trying to kind of catch himself up on what's going on here.
0: This is David Hornsby who plays Rickety Cricket in It's Always Sunny. And he's playing a very similar character. And he's so good at playing the, like, stepped-upon...
2: Yes. The the, the peasant. <laughs> yeah, the, the
0: guy who thinks he has power but has no power at all amongst yeah. all these people.
1: He's, like... Yeah, it, not in that extreme way, obviously, and he has, like, well, a legit title here, and he's, like, kind of overseeing everything, but just not it's respected. It's funny
2: because, like, so the this is the way I understand it. Um, I'm not sure they ever really specifically get into it, but the way I understand it is Ian Grimm makes this game, and he makes this game on his own at some point when he was younger, um, and it becomes super popular, and then, like, everything that becomes popular it gets a corporate structure implemented, right? So although Ian is the person who created it, it needs the CEO, it needs the producers, it needs all of these things. This is what it is. So he kind of doesn't have power, except for the fact that he is the main creative person behind everything, and nobody follows it. Everybody still just follows Ian and totally ignores, uh, I keep wanting to just call him, what the fuck
1: is his actual name? It's not Cricket, yeah. (laughs) David, and Morgan. I guess the character Iron is kind of based on the guy who was the head of Ubisoft, who I guess they helped with a lot of the graphic stuff for this show. Ubisoft, guess, uh, yeah.
2: Um, what's his name?
1: I guess uh, his beard and uh, like Ian's beard and his bracelets and some of his speech patterns were like directly taken from him.
0: It is smart too, though, to get like an actual video game company with them because they lean heavily on, you need video game footage, right? This is about putting a game out, and they also use it for all the sort of uh, interstitials between scenes, so you actually have, you know, it would be weird if they just didn't show any of that, you know?
1: Now, like, Ferg, Nick, for you guys, like, you guys both game, I don't touch anything really ever other than Candy Crush. For this type of show, with what you guys are getting so far, with what little scenes you're seeing, does it seem like they're... Talking out of their ass, or does it feel like authentic enough? Like this, like it works.
3: Like I don't really play like World of Warcraft. It's what this is based off, but this is essentially what they do every few years: is they put out the expansions and stuff. So it seems pretty spot on. Yeah. So yeah. to, To the I like that they picked a game like this because
2: it gives them longevity. The difference between like MMO. And, like, your typical, you know, more popular A-plus game. Or and like an
1: MMO stands for what?
2: Massive Multiplayer Online. Okay. Massive, right? Massive yeah. Multiplayer Online. Um, And that it's an RPG, so it's a Massive Multiplayer Online role-playing game. MMORPG. And the difference between something like uh, an MMORPG and, like, your Call of Duties and stuff like that is Call of Duty is going to release new games... Every year or two, right? You're going to get Call of Duty 1, 2, 3. These MMOs are, like, they just update and upgrade the, the same base game. And uh, they just kind of run with that. And that's kind of what you're seeing here is, like, this new expansion that they're releasing to the Mythic Quest uh, world that already exists. So... Um, I think that's cool that they're doing it that way. You don't have to get a new game every season or every time they're going to transition out of it. It's just kind of an adaption off of something, which makes it easier uh, to write around. And also, I just read this. I didn't realize this. All the in- the, the interstitials that Joe is talking about are actual video games, like other video games. They use um, For Honor, Kingdom Come Deliverance, Red Dead Redemption 2, um, things from Assassin's Creed so they didn't make these they're actually just using
0: other places so they're not
1: even like re-skinning them or anything they're just not that I know of straight up footage
0: yeah I do remember the last time I played video games sort of heavy I guess would have been in high school I do remember really liking Red Dead Redemption's the cowboy game right yeah yes yeah I remember having that in high school I remember the Call of Duty that was like you storm the beach at Normandy and I loved all of the um Vice City and all the GTA games back then but I'm going to need one of you to come up and help me set up my PlayStation 2 so I can play this again.
1: <laughs> During this argument, we hear you know, the problem is they don't want to delay the launch. So, by changing the shovel over and making the shovel something different or just editing how it looks, like whatever it is, this is going to take time. And they're trying to launch in a few days. And this is something that they've been working on for a couple of years. It just seems like a silly thing for them to keep going on about. Iron's trying to insist. That, like, everything needs to be perfect, and this is all kind of tied into his legacy. And he's asking them all about, like, what the first games are that kind of, like, they fell in love with, that they remember, you know, when they were kids. And they're all answering questions, like, saying Contra and Grand Theft Auto and Miss Pac-Man. I was wondering for you guys, do you remember, like, that first game that you were just obsessed with as a kid and just played nonstop?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I actually wrote down, because I was like, I actually have two, yeah.
2: My, I mean, my, it's Mario, like Super Mario, like Mario is what got me into that. And then, I don't know if you guys ever remember, I played this game until my thumbs bled. It was uh, Adventure Island, which is very similar side scroller like Mario. I just, I never saw it after I played it in 1992 or whatever, but it was one of
3: my favorite games of all time. Oh, there's like eight of them. Really? Yeah. I gotta go Tons look that of up. Island games—they're all the same. It's very good about you, my OG was uh, the original Zelda. I used to, before I could even pick up a controller, I used to watch my sister and aunt play it, and then to this day, I recently just beat the newest Zelda, so it stuck with me.
1: I remember being at a point, uh, real young, because when I was like a small child, like my dad had just the regular NES, so then like Super Mario, obviously one of those for me. Uh, Punch-Out! I played a lot of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! Oh, yeah. um, so all those like early Nintendo Contra. games really got me for a Contra. while. I never had Contra. So it wasn't in the house, so I didn't really it play was funny, it.
2: It's funny, I never had it either, but my aunt, uh, my aunt and my uncle had the uh, Super Nintendo adapter that you could put Game Boy games in. And oh, So they had the Contra Game Boy game, and I'd always play it on their Super Nintendo. I never actually owned it myself.
0: Did any of you guys ever play Tiger Heli or Blades of Steel. Those are my two. Oh,
1: Blades yeah. of I don't Steel, even
3: yeah. I don't even like hockey and I love Blades, Blades of Steel. Yeah. Blades yeah.
0: of Steel was so great cuz you just started fights and then the loser got the, the penalty. The loser got the so penalty. Amazing.
1: And it had a <laughs> yeah. weird like mid period like you played like kind of a fake Galaga for no reason in the middle of the yeah. game. It, it, uh, it, uh, yeah, Tiger Heli
0: was a game. It was a side scroller, Nick, but it went the other way. It went sort of like forward though. It was like forward scrolling. And you were a helicopter and you dropped bombs on things and they just made oh, it. I remember like, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, buttholes, like, (laughs) when you, like, blew up (laughs) something, and it was so fun as a kid. Also, holy shit, all of us being like, what video games did you play a lot when you were a kid? And everyone we just said is from, like, 1987. I know. But, I mean,
3: that's just, yeah,
0: that's what it was. (laughs) It's all we had! It's just weird getting old, man.
3: Kids don't know how good they have it.
0: Yeah, kids right now, if they have a video game that has helicopter buttholes, it's something totally different than the game we played (laughs) that had something similar to that.
1: After the meeting's over, we Cut over to the, this girl, Rachel, who's looking through, like, a little window and notices that they had another meeting and didn't invite them. Them being her and Dana, they're the other two game testers that live there. <laughs> Not live there, but uh, they basically just sit in a little room by themselves and they play this game nonstop looking for bugs.
0: Dana, who was in a previous s one E one podcast show. Oh, what was she in? She's a sister and everybody hates Chris.
1: Oh, no shit. Oh, no kidding. Hey, she grew up. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, that was 15 years ago or whatever. Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't check. Um, I didn't check anybody's like IMDb's and see what else they did. That's crazy. Uh, Uh, Ashley
2: Birch is. It's kind of like they wedged her in. I don't know if like this is what she wanted to, do but she's been the voice of like 30 video game characters.
1: Oh yeah, the girl
0: plays the other tester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I looked through her IMDb and was like, everything in here was like animation voiceover. Like that was like real life stuff. It was like this only. It was like. Good for you,
2: man. Make that money. Yeah. Just doing voice work. That's like I'm it's so It's gotta jealous be the best thing, right? Like you can be famous and good and successful and nobody knows who you are. <laughs> it's the Daft Punk thing, I always say. Those right? guys are yeah. multi
0: millionaires. When they walk into Starbucks, nobody's like fucking latte for Daft Punk It's just some guy with no helmet on who gets to go and be a millionaire later. It's like the perfect job aside from having
2: to you know, and I don't want to make it sound problem. like that's an easy job. That's no, definitely a, not. It's a hard
1: have a profession. We have a think. very good friend who listens to, this yeah. rep- uh, yeah, to yeah. us every week. Emily, hello, uh, who does voice work. Um. Yeah, I, I did. And I'm so
0: jealous of your job. Emily. Yeah,
1: I, I, <laughs> I did find it interesting that, yeah, Rachel basically just comes from that world of, like, video game acting. And then, yeah, I don't know. I didn't check her whole. I saw that tidbit about her, but I didn't see if she had a lot of acting credits or if this was just kind of a weird one off. It
2: seems four. like she might just now be getting into acting. Like
1: because was like really good, I acting. thought at yeah, least like on screen. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, she's it, great in it,
0: this, yeah. I will say this is a weird thing where like I forget what episode we did a couple weeks ago, but I was like, "Oh, I felt like maybe that was the one where somebody may have been on a Mantis episode because it was kind of older and a big cast."
2: Fucking Mantis again.
0: And this one, I like, I'm looking up some of these people, and it's like, "Well, they're 14 years old, and their first acting credit was on some Nickelodeon show you never heard of two years ago," and you're like, "Oh my god, this is so
1: weird." (laughs) So I would say, if you're really like desperate to try to get like the Mantis thing going, just find episodes and then reverse engineer it. Find an actor and see if they did any sitcom pilots.
0: I've done a lot of it. It's hard to find anything on a pilot but i have to go through every single episode is the problem no,
3: but uh um, it's
1: because they all peaked on mantis you that's don't, true you, you can not go any it. bigger than
0: mantis yeah.
1: so moving forward yeah this conversation between the two girls is basically about you know we have good ideas why don't they invite us to the like to the meetings we're the ones playing the game 24 7 and during this it becomes very apparent that rachel has a very big crush on Dana. And it's in, you know, the way she talks to her, the way she looks at her. But I don't think Dana is picking up on any of that. But it's very clear when Rachel's interacting with her in any way.
0: I think the funniest thing about this scene, too, though, is when he was like, we should get back to work. It's like, yeah, they track our eyeballs. I was like, that's fucking (laughs) bananas.
2: Yeah. (laughs) To be fair, though, if that's your job. Sure. You know, it would be easy to fuck off all day and not actually get any work done. Right. So if there's going to be a way, I mean, this is your job. You're playing video games all day. You got to help. You kind of got to be accountable for actually doing it. So I don't necessarily disagree with that. Tracking your eyeballs is a little ridiculous. I would but, say
1: if you're, if you're not reporting any bugs, you know, it, but if you are finding things in the game and it's right, yeah. that you're getting things done, then but hey, I, I think, mean, this world of technology,
3: be, I don't think she was being literal that they were tracking their eyeballs. I think it was just being hyperbolic. Maybe I, I, th- I believe it though but in the
1: heightened world yeah. of this. In this world, in this tech type video game coding world, it feels like it fits. <laughs> so yeah, I in the moment I believed it to be true.
0: I mean, other companies. I mean, I don't know if Nick, you've had this in your your job you've had before, or Ferg. I know you work on a computer all day long. Like, do you have like trackers and things, or things that scan your hard drive every day to make sure you're not downloading things
3: by accident? Like, no, I'd jobs... so be fired.
0: I mean like well sure but I mean like your hard drive I think is more the thing they check for make sure like downloading viruses or whatever but like there are checks and balances for a lot of jobs especially as a lot of us work from home now you know I
2: mean there's I I think it was a uh, back to COVID I think it was like a a byproduct of it being because more people were working from home that like your status like your your physical like activity was being monitored on your computer because they didn't want people to be like, okay, yeah, I'm working, but I'm gonna just like lay in bed until I get an email. Like they want Go your to the computer gym. like yeah. being yeah. used, which I luckily, knock on wood, don't have that. But um, it's just, I don't know. That stuff seems like really oppressive. I wouldn't want to work for a company who wants to like vice grip you to the fucking desk that badly. I do find it interesting the other places now that
0: are like, oh, there's a block on, like, like, you watch, like, The Office or something, right? When the new regime comes in, they're like, we took off the time waster websites, like Facebook or whatever. You're like, everybody has a smartphone. Like, if you took Facebook off of... I right, Those who going to be on Facebook on their phone anyway, or any of those sites, you know, so like it's like, you can't stop it.
1: So now we cut over to a conversation between Poppy and Brad. Brad, who you would know from being on Community... um, What's his name? Danny Pudi? Danny Pudi.
2: Yeah. Yeah. AKA Abed from Trying and Abed in the
1: morning. Yeah. And then knowing <laughs> that, you know, Megan Gans or whatever is one of the people who wrote for that show for a while. It, it's it's always kind of when you see where all those links come from after a while and like yeah. how the show comes to be. Uh, but yeah, they're having this conversation and Poppy's basically telling them that she wants to leak the shovel um, before the launch. So, you know, basically good word would come out about it and then it won't get changed because Ian will already see that it's being positively reviewed and wants uh, to be um, leaked to Pootie Shoe. And Pootie Shoe is a 14-year-old live streamer who does a lot of video game reviews and stuff like that. Apparently, we find it has a, roughly, what, 10 million followers. 14 million. 14 million? Oh, all right. So. Real piece of shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're he's... not a piece of shit for having followers. Uh, if... No, no. <laughs>
0: this world is a real piece of shit for letting some <laughs> dumb dick dildo little kid have this much power over anything. This is
2: the real world, Joe. This
0: is not. I time. know. <laughs> he's, he's based what I'm saying. On... This
3: is the worst. No, I feel he's, like he's so based this... on PewDiePie. I was going to say, this uh, name
1: is based off of PewDiePie's name, right? Who is so...
2: PewDiePie? He's he's that a, a he's all he's, oh, he's like Ari. Well, no, he's not our age. I forget how old we are. I do so He know started his age. younger,
1: right? Okay, so he's uh, I'll like
2: look the it up right now. So this kid is like a fictionalized version of
0: some
3: real person who's oh, yeah, yeah. But there are he's just the name though. Yeah. It's he's an amalgamation of all the different fucking streamers. Yeah. That There's are out a lot
1: there. of these streamers that exist in the world that have big followings.
0: I mean, don't be wrong. It's anger out of jealousy, where it's like, oh, you do this at this age and you make how much money? It's just anger out of yeah, like. Yeah. I worked at Staples when I was your age, and
2: that sucked. How dare you?
1: I mean, Nick, you delve into this world as well.
2: Yeah, I have tried streaming for a long time, and well, I mean, I would say the biggest crux is that I'm not good at it.
1: <clears throat> well, I was gonna say, um. I was gonna say, give yourself a plug, but
2: <laughs> Screen Punch Gaming, go, uh, go, sign up, follow us. Uh, we'll we'll stream something. I wanted to do something here. I wanted to play. Jay will only let us play sitcom games for some. I just reason. thought it
1: made sense if we if we had that for the one, we one that was made. Sort of <laughs> uh, no, I looked it up. There's a ton of them. Play, let us know um, if
2: you would like to watch me, for Gordo, Joe, Jay play video games together, regardless of what it is. I would love
3: to do that. A um, 24-hour live
0: stream of just Gordo playing Booger Man that nobody <laughs> can, watches. Can,
3: can we can we play Full House Tournament Fighter? That's a thing. What? Yep. Wait. <laughs> explain it.
1: Is, it, is It's this literally like a just modded game like a
3: modded like. Okay. It's super famous though. It's a Full House version of like Street Fighter, basically.
2: And you, your Full House
0: characters yeah, fighting each other. Fight. How yeah. have I
1: never heard
3: of this
0: is Danny and Bison.
1: I don't know. <laughs> Joe's going to play in two-player mode, but by himself, so the other character won't move, and he's just going to make... He's going to beat up Dave Coulier. He's, yeah, exactly. He's just going to beat up Dave Coulier.
0: I'm going to pick whatever character looks the most like Alanis Morissette and just beat up <laughs> Dave Coulier the entire time.
3: You can even fight as Comet. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh,
0: nice. Oh, poor Comet. R.I.P. I'm guessing 25 years ago.
1: I would say so. Uh, uh, can you fight his Papouli? Oh, oh, yeah, a world record. <laughs> You just play no, all the dead characters. From dead. The full house. <laughs> <laughs> so to get back into this, we see they show us like uh, Pooty Shoes live stream just to kind of give us a vibe for who he is. Uh, early impressions of this kid, Joey uh, my notes literally liked. say they they I fucking it. hate
0: this yeah. kid.
2: They got they got this kid, and I don't know if they like told this kid when they hired him, but they they had to have seen his face and been like yes everybody's going to want to punch this kid in the face. Let's hire this kid. He's also a great actor. But I thought, uh, yeah, the acting was good. I I thought he nailed that.
1: Yeah, that kind of role, he really nailed it. For his
2: age to be that, uh, you know, believably douchey can't be easy.
1: Just the way Um, he communicated to his audience and stuff felt authentic. So I thought that was really good. And they had like, you know, when they show his screen, they're showing the little graphics of the chat and things like that to make it feel right. Not that that was all done really well. I liked in the middle of it. You hear his like mom off camera asking if he's almost done. Cause like dinner's almost ready. And he's like, mom, what the fuck? I'm streaming. It's like, I can't just fucking stop. I'm talking to 10 million people at the moment.
0: Yep. The best part about that is, and I I laughed really hard at that. And again, I will say this. Kids are a piece of shit. The character. The kid's a great actor to make you hate a fucking 14-year-old, right? Like, that's not something you expect to do. But I do love that later on, he's like, my parents, who I pay their mortgage. Like, it's such a great little line to slip <laughs> in. like, yeah. your parents are allowing you to be so mean to them because you're paying all the bills.
1: I just like how he gets – he goes from, like, doing his – on air persona to having to get into an argument with his mom and then cutting back out is like, ah, oh, sorry about that. That was not chill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, goes back into his whole gamer thing. Yeah, I feel like, like this too. kid
0: will be funny as an actor forever if he wants to stick with it. He's like got something for sure.
2: It's funny too because when you think about it, he it's he has to play to the camera too. Everybody else is acting like regular actors, yeah. but he has to play to the camera all the time, which is probably even more difficult. It's like um, phone
0: acting when you're like pretending show. to be on a phone call. Like how hard that is to like make it sound believable.
2: Right. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, good, good casting. I do love For... too
0: that he gives a shout out to his pooty shooties, his pooty duties, and his LBDG, LGBTQ pooty fruities. <laughs> like, holy shit, that is an insane <laughs> yeah. fucking thing to say. I lost my mind laughing at
3: that. He says it all so fast too, and that's not <laughs> easy. It's like a tongue twister. And he's... Yeah.
0: Like I said it it's slow talented. and messed it up.
1: No, you nailed it too, bud. I did it. So, after that, we get to a scene where I am doing like motion capture and you see him <laughs> with a shovel in hand and there's like a monitor that's showing the character holding it. So like you're seeing the the motion capture basically of the night character, like all in kind of gray, Um, you know, just there's nothing really to the, it's yeah, not like in basic, a game. It's, yeah, it's really you know, basic, just kind of over a gray
2: polygon version of the right. character.
1: And he's like, just trying to like move. The shovel in different ways to kind of turn it into a weapon and like as this is happening he's like talking over the intercom system and you see just like david and like 20 other people in the room watching him do this and he's just trying to like hack at a watermelon trying to decapitate you know (laughs) this fake
0: thing with the shovel one thing to note here too is that this is where you first really notice that joe has officially left david that is just like Ian's right hand now for the whole <laughs> Yeah. Yes, and like
1: I don't think I don't know if that ever officially switches, but throughout this episode, because he's like, Hey, you're my assistant and she's almost like fuck off and she just like stands by this guy's side. So did we talk about uh I might have okay. missed
2: it. Jesse Ennis, the person who plays the assistant. No,
1: you know? we didn't get into her specifically, no.
2: So she was she's actually born in Boston, but she moved to Los Angeles right when she was like I think two or something. But I wanted to ask Joe. Her dad, John Ennis, is an actor. He was on, like, uh, you know, Walk Hard. It just feels like someone Joe would be like, oh, that guy. I don't really recognize him. Uh, I mean, you guys can, but uh, look him up. John, E-N-N-I-S. Kind of close to penis. He seems kind of familiar. Yeah,
0: he's on Mr. Show with Bob and David. Yeah, I Mr. Guy. Show, yeah.
2: I think, would be the most.
0: Yeah, I saw him and was like, oh, he's the guy from Mr. Show. He's in Zodiac. Yeah, he's in a ton of stuff. Yeah, he's good. I will say the one thing I looked up for her that she's in is another during COVID thing. They released a musical remake of the movie Valley Girl that she starred in. And I literally saw that and was like, that's one of those things from COVID. I'm so glad I didn't know existed until this moment. Like, what a terrible idea that seems like.
2: The Mr. Show thing kind of comes full circle because the only other thing I know her from is Better Call Saul with Bob Odenkirk.
1: It's like what I was saying earlier. You just, you find these links. Yeah. Like once you get somewhere you kind of figure out where everything else uh, happened from.
3: It's weird yeah. how incestual Hollywood is. You don't see it so much in this first episode, but she basically fills in the Dwight role throughout the series. Like she becomes like yeah. the Dwight of this show.
0: That seems right, yeah. I was like that her dad was uh the Big Bopper in Dewey Cox, so I could only hear that <laughs> Dewey Cox being like Big Bopper Like I just hear the John C. Riley voice <laughs> saying it.
1: I've been hived. Uh, yeah. When I mentioned earlier, like that he was using watermelons, and he was saying that you know it wasn't his fault that things weren't like working out properly because it's you know he can't explode real heads. And to what you guys are saying with Joe, this is when you really see her like standing by his side. She's like, I, I can get you real heads, not human, <laughs> not human. I was thinking like that, that's no, what also kind very white lion. <laughs> yeah, what kind of head is she bringing then? Probably like a pig head, a Deer. goat head,
2: goats, goats. Yeah.
1: Will those explode properly upon shovel impact?
2: Well, that's why they always use uh, pigs for those type of things. I guess like their bone, skin, and muscle like density and construction is like identical to humans, so oh. you get like uh, like accurate.
3: Yeah, that's why they dissect fetal pigs in school. That's why <laughs> well, tattoo so artists use pigs too. reminded me of a
2: crazy article I read. I don't maybe you guys have seen it. I think it was pretty popular. So some guy's mom died, yes. and He and she had Alzheimer's, I think. So he donated her body when she died to this Alzheimer's research, um, like, uh, like that pretty much like study the brain and like, yeah, so like they could, you know, dissect and study the brain after the fact. And they apparently just sold her body. To the U.S. military to to do some sort of explosive test on, and they, they just shot a bomb at her. <laughs> they just blew this guy's poor mother up uh, after he just, like gave the, her body to science to try to help the disease that killed her, or try to help understand the disease that killed her. And they just strapped her to her chair and blew her up.
0: I am listed as an organ donor, and that would be literally my choice. I'd be like, no, put me in front of a missile and shoot the (laughs) missile at me. I prefer that so much more.
1: Yeah. So Poppy walks in and sees everything that's going on. (laughs) And (laughs) she's trying to figure out, like, what's happening here. And this is when she finds out that the plan is to turn the shovel into a weapon so it has dual purpose. And it's not just for digging. But she's back saying, no, this is only for digging. That's the whole purpose of the shovel. And that's when he's telling her, "Do you understand what the TTP on this is going to be?" And that's uh, TTP is time to penis. So basically, he's saying that all things are, you know, it's just a matter of time until people want to make dicks. And in They're this game, wrong. if you give a, a digging tool, people are just going to dig things in the shape of dicks.
0: It's so accurate, though, right? That's just human nature.
1: Yeah, it's one hundred percent accurate. I don't know why either. Like why? Why not? I think.
0: People yeah, always understand. shit on the Robert California office season. I think he's ve- I think he's great in that. James Spader I agree. is so I funny. Agree I love you, that I season. Love only Jay hates yeah, it. Yeah, Jay
2: can't stand him. There's one
0: scene yeah, in Jay, that It's where... just
1: me. I'm the only reason seasons eight and nine are hardly watched.
0: Eight, no, nine Eight's is great. great also. I don't
1: care. Nine obviously took a hit, but um, we're not
2: getting into an office debate right no, now. First <laughs> half of nine is,
0: is real good, though. But there is a scene where he's doing one of his, like, pushing people and just over-talking them, and he's like, People always draw houses and they always draw penises. Isn't it funny that they always draw colonial houses and circumcised penises? It was like, that's always <laughs> stuck with me because like nobody ever draws a different type of house. No one's like, oh, it's a split level. <laughs> nobody ever draws like a penis with a foreskin. Like people just go to one specific dick always, yeah. and it's just so easy to do. And I don't know why.
3: That's why, because it's easy to draw and some of us aren't artists. <laughs> that's true.
1: That's why Joe started his all the dicks initiative where He's inspiring young children to draw all different types of dicks.
0: <laughs> draw your own dick, whatever whatever it may look like. Don't say children in that. That's not good now. <laughs> <I> don't
1: out. <laughs> that at all. Fuck. <laughs> that was like a delayed
0: reaction where I was like, "Oh, come on, man! Don't cut this the wrong way." Uh,
1: Is that what you don't cut this to the do? wrong <laughs> way? Inspiring young
2: children
0: to draw dicks. <laughs> God damn it! Uh,
1: so, uh, so as they're having the conversation. Poppy's saying, like, they're not going to turn them into dicks. And she's saying how she's going to put a limiter on it so that they can't. And Joe says, shovel with rules. That's really cool. And Ian goes, yeah, let's put as many rules in the game as we can. That's super fun. That was, like, dialogue with those two when they jumped on that. with One of my favorite little, yeah. like, dialogue sequences of the whole episode.
0: I love his explanation, too, where he's like, you give the public a shovel, they dig dicks. You give <laughs> them a pen,
1: they draw dicks. Facts. And then while they are having the argument, it looks like Ian's going to get into, like, this whole speech. And as he's beginning to talk, Poppy clicks on, like, something, and it changes the motion capture, like, icon from a knight to a gnome. So now it's just this little gnome talking that they're all (laughs) looking at. And it does, it derails him, like, so she knows him pretty well. So as soon as he notices it, it really cuts him back off. And now they're just getting into an argument where they're both yelling at David to switch it. It's like, David, switch it. No, don't switch it. Switch it. Don't switch it. And you can just see him panicking because he doesn't know who to answer to.
0: Which is, like, another theme of this episode, too, right? It's, like, who, was, who does his allegiance lie mommy with? Mommy
1: or Daddy. <laughs> yeah, Mommy
0: or Daddy.
3: But I do love their relationship, because it, it, it's not, like, a will they, won't they, but, like, they just, they have a love for each other. They know each other so well.
1: I don't know and... if you had read this, but I guess it's out there that they had, it, it's been made public knowledge. It's in their show Bible. If If you're not aware, a lot of shows have, like, a show Bible that's, like, a list of, all the character traits and all these things they need to follow about everybody and kind of like just to make sure continuity exists too. But it's, there's something written in there saying that they are forbidden to ever create a romantic storyline between the two of them. It would because, ruin it because the goal is to be like, Hey, listen, it's a day and age where not every time there's a like a main male and female character, they have to become romantically interested in one another. So that's actually that. a, a sticking yeah, point I'm for the show yeah, it's like it is a. There's no will, they won't. They it is won't. It will never happen. I do
2: appreciate that.
1: Yeah,
0: and I think going back to Sunny too, right? Like I don't think anybody ever has a romantic relationship with D, right?
1: Well, I'm sorry. What show sure did you say? D's always unlovable. Sunny. That's why. Oh,
0: and it's always Sunny. I mean, Cricket tries to a lot, but like Charlie or
3: Charlie fucks her on an episode. Is yeah, he? but
2: it's like a yeah. It's not a romantic
3: thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he regrets it to this day.
1: But I, I would say... Episode. But look,
0: there's no love... Similar, there's no love story ever going to happen, you know?
1: And yeah. I would say this, right? If I was to continue watching this show, forgetting the fact that I already know that they're not going to end up together, I wonder if inherently, because I watch television have been pre-disposed like disposed to assuming that, that that's naturally what will happen, if I'm just going to be looking at things in that way all the time.
2: So, I'll tell you, I did not know that fact until I, I read that, too, uh, until we did this podcast. Maybe Ferg can agree. Maybe he can't. They ne- there They is one episode where it maybe kind of feels like that's a direction they might go. Um, and then it, it, it quickly gets squashed. But other than that, you never get that vibe. Like,
1: ever. So they're not no. planting seeds. So because of that, it doesn't really go into your head. Right.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, I always got just a familiar, bo- uh, how do I say it, like a family bond between them. Than more than anything, even though they're not they're not blood or anything, like he's more like, like a sibling relationship. Brother. Yeah,
1: so more like step siblings. No,
0: not
3: step siblings. <laughs> no, no.
1: But as they're going back and forth with one another, and they're yelling at David, you know, to switch the character, we have like a sharp cut. And now we see David like laying on the couch, in what looks to be a therapy session. And he's saying how like he feels like he's in the middle of his parents' divorce again. And I, I kind of like this whole scene in general. Just the way he's. Talking about things because he's self-diagnosing problems when he's thinking about, you know, oh, you know, maybe that's why my parents did the things he did and all this. Come to find out that the person he's talking to isn't even a therapist. It's just the girl who works in HR and he just doesn't (laughs) understand, like, what's going on (laughs) or what HR is supposed to be, which becomes a theme (laughs) of the episode in general.
0: She's great in this is that, like, sort of beleaguered hr character i imagine that must happen though in offices and companies all the time right Where like there must be people who like oh for sure give way too much to hr person expecting them to like respond more like a therapist than an employee
1: i work at a company that we don't call hr hr we have like a stupid other name for it which i thinking about it like i feel like that would confuse someone even more because to me hr is cut and dry But when you walk into something else and it it has a different name to it, I feel like all the more so you can think of, oh, that's the person I can talk to about my personal issues.
2: Don't ever confuse HR for somebody who's there to help you because they're not. They're here to protect the company from you if something goes wrong. Yes. um, They're a barrier between lawsuits.
3: Yeah, exactly it. And if you work for HR, we're sorry.
0: Make it easier for me to take days off, damn it.
1: It's just knowing they're, what they're no, actually there it, Every
2: company makes it makes HR seem like this safe haven, and it, they're just not. That's not what they are at all. Yeah.
0: I will say I am very good friends with one of the heads of HR at my company, and maybe it's like a personal thing, because I'm like, oh, we're actually friends. I would feel like I could go to him in a situation like that. Honestly, I do. But every other company I've ever worked for, where I wasn't actually friends with the person, you were like, it's not even worth talking to these people about this. Yeah, Yeah. Joe's
3: just laying on their couch. He's like, I don't know. The other day, I just got the weirdest boner. (laughs) He's just doodling dicks.
0: (laughs) It's weird to talk about getting a work boner when you work at home, though. We're just like, So what were you
1: doing, though?
2: (laughs) Come on, man. Nobody needed to know.
1: So now we cut to the next day, and we're back in the office, and Poppy's watching the Pooty review with the shovel. Basically,. He's not a fan of it, and he he says in the review that he tried to uh, dig a big dick and it won't let him, which is weak sauce. How it's censoring his art hashtag Free Pooty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say at first watching it because she's like, I didn't. I think this is just a problem with the way that they cut and directed it because she's responding to the screen. But I thought at first that she was like live talking to him. <laughs> so when she first spoke, I thought she was I could talking. See to him why you thought that? Yeah, because his his reply almost like was in direct response to what she said to him.
0: Right. It um, seems more conversational. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I was like, no, it can't be because he's got like the whole side screen next to him with the chat. So I was like, there's no way that's what's going on.
0: I will say this is where I had that line where he's like, if I wanted to dig holes all day, I'd fire my gardener. That is the line that got the biggest laugh out of me in this (laughs) entire show. It's just such a perfect encapsulation of, like, being a teenage shithead where he has the power over the gardener. That is so stupidly funny. Imagine getting fired by a 14-year-old when your job is, like, mowing lawns all day. How fucking miserable your life would be.
1: While she's watching this, Brad and Longbottom both enter... Uh, I only mentioned Brad because I didn't want to go over everything in the intro where everyone's kind of detailed out. Do you guys want to kind of get into, like, what his character is? Brad? No, Longbottoms.
3: Oh, he's basically, like, a famous author. He's got all kinds of rewards. He won, like, what, the Nebula
1: Award, they said? Yeah.
3: They hire him just to write the lore behind the games, like, backstories and stuff like that.
0: He's, like, a famous sci-fi author. I'm sure he's, like, the surrogate for, like the guy who wrote game of thrones or like jr old that's Token exactly like what his. he is
3: you know how the game of thrones guy still hasn't finished like the last book of, yeah, he's of like still game doing Thrones books, right a, that's like the ongoing thing with cw is he still hasn't finished his book that made him famous
1: and he's uh that's f Mari abraham that plays him and he's only in, eight, in two seasons <laughs> yes and
3: but
0: he is in eight billion things and he did kill amadeus
1: he's in the last action hero he is he's
0: who a, is he
2: in the last action hero uh, you Last know when days. they have
0: they have to blow up the guy who's got the bomb in his belly at the funeral? Yeah. He is the FBI agent who turncoats him and sells him out at the beginning of that scene.
2: Oh, shit. He was in, I, wa- I don't know, I don't think any of you guys watched Homeland, but he was in, like, every season of that. I have not. Uh,
0: more importantly, though, he is in both Serpico and Scarface. Uh, I mention that because, A, those are two amazing movies, but there's literally an entire episode of It's Always Sunny where Charlie tries to be Serpico. So I felt like that had to be Charlie being like, "We should get F.R. Abraham in here."
3: <laughs> I just I love the way he talks. Like he just has this like old timey like dialect from like he sounds old, like, like
1: he sounds like he should be doing movie trailers, like the yeah. voiceover work from movie, yeah. movie trailers. In fact, I think it's
3: his voice that's narrating the intro video. It, that is. it is, yeah, yeah. I, I thought yeah. it was.
1: So yeah, they walk in and basically. Poppy's like, can you believe it? He doesn't like the shovel. Like, yeah, of course he doesn't like the shovel. It's stupid. And <laughs> like, but we found a way around it, so like, you know, we can use the shovel in the game, and then he uh they reveal Ian's new version of the shovel, like this more like golden looks more like a mythical shovel. Yeah,
2: it's just like a bedazzled shovel basically. And it's
1: um it's being held by a wood nymph character that they want to bundle with it and do like a download pack. And it's basically, the idea is they're just trying to get her to create this wood nymph character that they want in the game. And by convincing her that they can bundle it with the shovel, then people will pay for it. But they also
0: reference, too, that when you get the shovel, you take it away from the wood nymph, so then ultimately you see the wood nymph topless.
1: Yes. Yes. Basically, it's their own perversions that they want this in the game, but they're trying to convince her to put it in because she's Mm -hmm. the one who makes it happen. They right. know gamers.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say that's like a very popular thing with gamers, right?
1: We yep. talked about this before. I forget why, but like the idea of nudity in games came up in another one of our episodes. I don't remember which one off the top of my head. It wasn't long ago, but in the like these kind of worlds, like that is commonplace for, like straight up seeing breasts in a video game. Oh yeah,
3: God of War all the time. Stuff I was
2: like gonna that. say I don't. I don't think I've ever played a game that. Has just had full on nudity in it. I've never seen it.
1: We grew up in a world where we were all convinced that there was a naked code for Mortal Kombat, right? And
0: like we no, could see uh, Sonya naked.
1: Everyone had a friend who pretended they had the code, you know, right. but n- and, none of um, them really existed.
2: Was it Duke Nukem? Like you could go see the stripper, yeah, and like a certain part of cool. one of the. Yeah.
1: yeah, there was also something where in the sims you could have the sims in the shower and then pause it and then remove the shower
3: so there was legitimately a, a code in the sims to get to rid of the, the fucking it. blurring yeah because yeah. they they just got censored in the game but if you put in the code it got rid of it so you got triangle titties like
1: i mean we're also <laughs>
0: the generation where there was a playboy issue where the main pictorial and uh poster fold out was marge simpson like there is a problem with people born between the ages of 1975 and now somewhere.
1: That's also a thing where sometimes if, um, if any of you ever use adult websites, there will be like an advertisement on the side and the advertisement would be like a famous cartoon character in uh, an adult situation with another cartoon character. And you go, why? Why is this in here? (laughs) It doesn't
3: even have to be adult websites. Some of these like, illegal pirating like streaming sites it'll be on the side i'm like come on i just want to watch the yeah. new spider-man and then this fucking lois griffin's tits I, like, I was I was like that's what you get for stealing
0: movies you have to see april o'neill blow Raphael because you can't pay the eight dollars for spider-man Fuck for you. whatever
1: reason lois griffin seems to be the one that these perverts like this, drones this is your best. penance
2: yeah and yeah i don't understand the
1: but hey i guess you know I don't know. Everyone's got their own things. And to those of you listening, if that's your thing, Godspeed. We've but, said it many um,
0: times this show. We're not here to kink shame.
1: No. Uh, whatever you're into, you're into. But I just I never really understood how that became such a thing all of a sudden. But whatever. Anyways, Poppy's saying, I'm not creating this wood nymph character. This isn't gonna like, I'm not using this. I don't even want to use this version of the shovel anyways.
3: Did we ever mention, like, Poppy's heavy, like, also, I think it's Australian accent.
1: So she is Australian yeah. in real life, but we didn't discuss it, but I don't so, to bring it out. So, I, I, I yeah. love her voice. <laughs> yeah.
0: I do really like the Australian accent.
1: Yeah. From there we get to this montage of Ian with the shovel, and you just kind of see him use like in silhouette form and then close up just in him in the office holding it and just trying to figure out the right motion to make this a thing in the game and trying to use it as a weapon.
3: This is, like, the most Mac I ever see in him. Like, you know, Mac doing the karate by doing karate, karate yeah. stuff. Like.
1: And I like that he has this, like, almost secret door in his office where he had to flip it so he can look out and yell out for someone to grab him a coffee. And you see Joe, I'm coming in!
0: So his wall is a giant mural of one of the character warriors, and his little thing basically is a zipper. So he pulls, like, right out of the <laughs> yeah. guy's zipper. It's fucking perfect.
1: <laughs> and Joe's just sprinting down the hallway to get him a coffee, too. They're Joe, not our Joe. Yeah, not Arjo.
0: It would be a very long sprint to bring you guys a coffee right now.
1: (laughs) And we get to a close-up of Rachel now. And she's basically saying everything that she's wanted to say to Dana. And how she thinks about her all the time. And all these things about her. The way she bites on her hair. Asking her if she feels the same. And then you hear, I don't know, do you think that'll work? And she's not talking to Dana. She's also in the HR office now. And Claire, who's the HR woman,'s like, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm human resources, like, this isn't what I do. <laughs> and I like that that was, like, a running theme, that it wasn't just, like, a one-off, that it's just no one in the office understands what HR is for. I love it. She goes, are you, oh, are you going to tell on me? Yeah. Oh, really? that. Well, yeah, that was the best. She's like, why, are you going to rat me <laughs> out? If I rat you out, it would be to me. <laughs> to me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Also the dumbness of this scene I thought was such good writing where he's like when she's like, I love the way that you chew on your braid, that is the most realistic thing for someone to say, the kind of thing that you would find attractive but a person that you would never find attractive but anybody else that is not actually attractive. You know what I mean? Like that makes it feel very real when she's saying that.
1: Yeah, it's I like those when little... you chew your
3: braids, Joe. <laughs> Thank you.
1: It's the little things, <laughs> yeah. When you develop a crush on someone, it just becomes more than like the obvious and then you notice all those little things about them that make them unique. And when Claire's saying that, you know, I'm starting to think that nobody in the office understands what I do, Poppy runs in and she's like, Oh, are you ready? F- uh, are you cool for a session right now? <laughs> it's like, they call the it, she a calls it a session.
0: <laughs> I love that too. That when Poppy leaves, she's like, oh, it's not her. <laughs> she has to like yeah. clarify that's not who she was talking about.
1: <laughs> and then from that scene, we get to a new one where now Carol is calling a meeting in the office and they're all kind of in the main area. And this is just basically for her to just explain that there's been a lot of abuse in the office lately. It was like, oh, no, has someone been harassed? Yes, David, me. And then she's just kind of trying to make it very clear to everyone that, you know, what she does is not not therapy. I didn't bring this up before, but now that we're back in this main area again, I do want to talk about the office that they work in. Because we did bring up Silicon Valley earlier, and it does kind of have that vibe once yeah. they left the house that, that really... Yeah modern cool workspace situation like the place that you think would be just in theory would be a really fun place to work at
0: it's the kind of office that people don't call an office they call a like campus it's like one of those stupid buzzwordy things that companies right are using. yeah
1: because they got like kitchens and stuff yeah
0: thanks a lot google i worked for a company like 12 years ago it was like a startup in boston they like restructured a bunch of stuff and like we all got laid off like the people who were like the dumb idiots who unloaded the trucks like they weren't gonna use us anymore and they took all their money and they moved to, like, a brand new office. And the dumbest thing they ever did, they were, like, "Like you were, like, laid off, not, like, quit or whatever. So, like, you have to go get your last check. Like, we're holding your last check and, like, maybe there's, like, some sort of severance or whatever. But they were, like, we'll come to the new office and pick it up. We were, like, wait, you're going to make us go to your brand new office and see everybody, like, stoked to be in this new cool place? And they, like, wouldn't let us leave with our checks until we did a tour. And they were, like, this is the library. Over here is where we keep all the iPads from people are having, like, a tough day. and need to chill out. It was this exact kind of thing. And we had to go through the whole tour because they were holding our final checks over our heads. That it was so maddening. douchey. Insufferable, yeah. Did
3: they have a reason? Like, did they explain why they're making you do this at this place you're not working at anymore?
0: No, it was it's a We were just looking at each other being like, we have to do this? Like, can we just go? Like, this is so weird. They fucking laid us all off. Like, why am I
1: dealing with this? Give
0: me my money. <laughs> I'll say it out loud. Gazelle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was the company that you basically like, oh, we'll buy all your old like phones off of you and shit. And you can yeah. buy other old. I don't even know, I don't if know if you remember,
2: like- Joe, but you got me an interview there and they bailed on me. Weird. Yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, come here. And then they like rescheduled and then never <laughs> got back to me ever. I All right, right so say, let's send off fans after them. Everybody get Gazelle.
1: I don't know if Gazelle still exists. I don't even know
0: if they exist. I we do did know it! That, I know at that time, though, <laughs> there was one kid who came in in the middle of the night and stole a bunch of computers. And they were like, we caught you, like, dead to rights. You used your <clears> login <throat> card to get in. We have you on camera sitting on those computers. Then they had him arrested. And he, like, got out on bail or whatever. And then he went to court for the trial. And they were like, this kid's probably going to get banged with like, five years or whatever. And then nobody showed up. So they were like, uh, you're free to go, I guess. We're all
1: like, wait, what?
0: They still exist. They do. Oh, They're still wow. in Boston? Yeah.
1: Good for them. Well, another oh, glowing man. advertisement.
0: <laughs> I mean, again, that was like over a decade ago. Oh, man. yeah. Well, in any 15 event, years ago. Uh,
1: yeah. So during this uh, meeting of sorts, uh, Ian walks in and he's trying to figure out what's going on here. And they're catching them up a little bit and everyone's just kind of trying to get their shit in. This is when the idea of the wood nymph comes up and all this other stuff. And he's trying to get his head around everything. And you notice that the testers are there? He's like, What are they doing in this meeting? <laughs> and, it's, and Rachel's like, actually it we have some good all ideas. Over them. And then Rachel's trying to get Dana to say her idea, but she like doesn't wanna say anything. And it was some about just I they mentioned it earlier. It was some about like the kick radius and just something that could have been done, like, so I feel like there's gonna be a point when she gets, like, a promotion or something, right? Eventually, her good ideas are going to have to come into use.
0: Yeah, it feels like Tester is, like, a very low, like, intern-type level job that you try to build up from.
1: Because you have to know the games well enough to be able to detect bugs in them. But I thought it was just one of those... As a viewer, it was frustrating because here she is with an open floor. We know she has good ideas and has an opportunity to say them, but now she's, like, shy and doesn't want to say anything, so... I think she's I, just happy to be there. That that's her.
3: She whole She loves thing. the job. She's a she fan says of that the game.
1: Yeah, she loves it. This is the best job she's ever had. She's just playing video games and hanging out all day. Like she loves it.
0: I don't think this job exists in like any other industry, either. Right? Like, where you just give opinions on the things that you really like. Like, I, as a it has job. to be more.
3: It's not than really that. that. It, it's you're finding bugs in the game. So I I've heard in the past that like being a video game tester makes you hate video games because you don't get to just enjoy the game and you're not like, Hey, I'm playing the game for fun. you got to like run into every wall, move to everything. Find, just find these errors of these. Coders you're, yeah. Are this, you're jumping just, in okay,
1: every possible game, space. Like, yeah. I
0: can see so you that. can't get stuck in a corner somewhere, or that sort of stuff. Yeah. Right.
1: And now during all this argument, Rachel saying how she thought that the idea of the horror was kind of weird and log bottom, Log bottom long bottom is is trying to defend it and uh, it's like what do you even do it's like i'm the head writer it's like you're like 80 and that's when <laughs> i was like defending him saying that he has the nebula award but it's like yeah that's from 1973 and, uh, it was mentioned like you met him at a state fair when he was selling rotisserie chickens and he was like also award winning that line <laughs> yeah, that was also my favorite <laughs> was, yeah. <The> dual threat
2: <laughs> also award winning
1: and while this is going on it just, we get back to that whole thing about if we're fixing the shovel, then there's going to be a chance that we're going to have to delay the game. David's like, nope, he already promised me. Like, Ian said, there's no way that we're going gonna to, he's going to ask for an extension. Like, we're good, don't worry about it. Poppy's like, well, it's Friday at five and we need to launch on Monday. So she's requesting like a code like lock, essentially, so they can just kind of get everything bundled up and finished. But Ian's like begging for more time. And now that's when he does finally say, David, like, I am asking you for more time. As a matter of fact, it's like you promised. He's like, "Well, I lied." And it's funny because again, this whole thing's over a shovel. This whole episode is based around the idea of adding a shovel to this game, but in a way that's kind of good, right? Because in the idea of this video game world and all the things that can come with it, you if you can make a whole episode out of something that minute, then it kind of gives you longevity because the writing is great. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're only tackling big issues.
2: There's so many um like subplots too. You know, like you have the the HR lady becoming the, you know, de facto therapist. You have the two testers, one of them has a crush on the other one. And then you have like the main story and there's David who is just, you know, being shat on all day. And then you have the assistant who is um, supposed to be his assistant, but now is. So there's just so much going on. And when you explain it, you're like, wow, that's a lot. But they do it, so it's like seamless.
0: Yeah, it's um, really impressive to weave it all through in one half hour. There's a lot right. going
1: on in this episode, but yeah, not in a way that's overwhelming, I would I would think. And during this argument again, we're back into that whole back and forth where David's caught in between Ian and Poppy, and it's a you know, you have to make your decision. Are we going to lock the code or are we not going to lock the code? Cause we need to get this game out. And now he has to make a decision as like the executive producer of this game. Do, do I want to get it out on time? Or am I going to give I am the guy who's kind of like really in charge the opportunity to make the game the way he wants to. And while they're going back and forth, forcing him to make the decision, he finally yells out that he's siding with mom. Um, cause the <laughs> therapy part of it's coming out. And, by that he meant Poppy, and he said, "We're locking it. That's it. Everybody go home. Code's locked." You know, when she says, "You made the right decision, David. You did a good thing." He goes, "Thanks, mom." Uh, Poppy.
0: <laughs> I love this scene too because pa- this is the best part. I think to Joe's best line of the whole episode. Poppy calls I in a dick, and then Joe just snaps and goes, "You're a dick!" Like super <laughs> <safer Yeah>. deep <dick laughs> and roll <girl. laughs> fucking like it was just so out of nowhere. It's so fucking good. <laughs> I think she's the best character of this whole show. I like can't she's wait great, to yeah. see where she keeps going.
1: And from this scene here, we get to like after hours. We had a little bit of a time lapse. And now we see that everything's closed. You know, the office is done for the night, but Ian's sitting there on the computer and he's trying to like do all this coding stuff himself. And he's like struggling to make it, you know, the way he wants it to. And Poppy enters from the elevator while this is going on. It's just trying to find out what's going on and what he's doing. And because she got like an alert that someone was fucking around with her code, basically. They get into this dialogue with one another where it's like, I just want, she's telling him, I just wanted one thing in the game that felt like it was mine. And it was just a shovel. And he's like, it's not just that. And he's like, the whole game is yours. He's like, you do all of it. And her argument back to him is like, it's not my game. It's your game. I just like, I'm just the one who like makes it. I, I really liked kind of this whole thing because they have a really nice moment with each other. Because he's explaining, like, listen, like, you are the artist. You're the one making, making the game. Like, it's just, I'm just the one behind you telling you what to make. But it, this is all yours. It's not like you need the shovel. And he feels really adamant that I can't explain why. I just know that this shovel could be something huge. And you have to just trust me. The way it works out in that conversation, she's kind of trying to reciprocate the same thing with, when he says that, she gives him basically what needs to happen with this shovel to make it a proper weapon, and she's saying like, "Oh, you know, um, you know, if we boost the initial velocity and we do this, like, that's gonna help." And he's like, "That'll make it cooler." And she's like, "Yeah," and like, I don't know how, I just and like, and then he just cuts her off and like walks off. So she was trying to give him that moment back, <laughs> like, <laughs> and end, he just her speech it. the way he ended his speech, and she's like, "You never let me finish." <laughs> Like, I was going to do the, I just do thing that you did. And I really like that.
3: I love, too, at, like, the beginning when she's explaining, he's like, I'm just the paintbrush. He's even interrupting there and critiquing
1: her, like, analogies. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's like, your like, like, analogy is He's, like, blood. supporting
3: the
2: analogy, but he won't let it be.
1: Well, when it started, because she goes, like, it's like you're this brilliant painter. And he goes, yes. <laughs> 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 yeah, so now they kind of have this resolve. She's She's kind of caving in. But in a way that she feels comfortable with because I think she needed the reassurance that this game isn't, you know, it's not just all him. It, you know, she does have more to do with it than she realizes. Just because he's instructing it, none of it would be there without her. And I think she just needed to hear him say that to feel like she's more involved in this process. And I yeah, I think like this was a that.
2: great button on, like, that part of the episode. And their relationship.
1: Yeah, right.
3: But I I also like that, like, it was a very easy fix to make the shovel effective. And she knew it the entire time. She just didn't want to do it either.
1: Yeah, she just wanted, she wanted the win, basically. Yeah. And from there, we get the little graphic for a Pootie Shoe review. We see him there, and he's doing his, like, live stream. It's like, all right, guys, you know, it's time for the Raven's Banquet, you know, review. It finally dropped this morning. And he does give a little backstory that this game is something that he's been obsessed with from, like, day one, like, the original um, Mythic Quest, you know? And during the review, you cut to the office, and the entire office is, like, standing in the main area, like, looking up at monitors, watching this. Yeah, it's this. very like, serious. It's, like, like they're watching, like, that, like, a verdict for a trial. Like, everyone's on pins and needles to see what he says about this.
0: It looks like Times Square when everyone stopped to watch the finale of Seinfeld on the giant screen. It's, yeah. like, that yeah. level of...
1: And he's going to uh, give it its actual review, but he's like, but first, and, and it, we think he's about to say it, but he goes into that little, like, commercial where for, like, deodorant, which is, that's when he mentions that that's how he pays for his parents' mortgage.
0: The Rager body spray.
1: Rager. Smell the rage. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the watching one's like, come on, you little piece of shit, like, come on. <laughs>
0: I never noticed because I'm never looking for it, but do they still sell, like, Axe body spray? Like, can you just go to, like, a Walgreens and buy they Axe do. body spray? They do, yeah. yeah. All right, I say next time we're all together. and we The first time we ever record an episode all together in the same room. I'm not wearing Axe. No, I'm buying us five cans of Axe, different, different flavors, and we're all going to have to just cover ourselves in them and see how long we can handle the room.
1: It's it sounds, sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's not supposed to be fun
2: or smell good. I want to ruin the one time we're all going to be
1: together. <laughs> I know, because by then we're all going to be, like, 70 anyways. And, like, who knows how much time we have left. It could be the last time. Well, at that point,
0: we're be able to smell, so it'll be fine.
1: <laughs> so, he goes over this review. The the approach to it, what he's saying, he's like, you know, you know, my love for Mythic Quest runs deep. So, the statement that I'm about to lay down is really, really heavy. He goes, Raven's Banquet is a straight-up masterpiece. Now, I'll say this. I, I wasn't sure where he was going to go. Like, even, like, you know, I... I felt because he was saying it that way you, it was going to end up being positive because you know they're trying to bait and uh and switch you but um yeah I was I thought it was interesting because depending on what this kid said it was going to like lay out the how the whole season went. right cuz if he gave it a bad review then the whole thing would have been fixing it and um I I kind of it was it was fun that that obviously it's weird cuz it's like some young streamer but this was, like, this reveal was going to set up the whole season.
3: It kind of would have been funnier if he didn't like it. And after all that, they blame Poppy.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, in the Choose Your Adventure, that episode would also be very funny.
1: And also, when he finally says that it's a masterpiece, the office is reacting like it was a successful space launch. Like, those guys all worked for NASA. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it looks like high-fiving and yeah. screaming. And he says that the thing he loves most is the shovel. And, um there's a point where you do see like that he got to draw the dick with the shovel. Yeah. Like when you see the gameplay. So they did, uh, they did get away from that idea of putting the limit. They allowed
0: it. There are so many fun things in this too. Where like there's in the next scene coming up here where you see F. Murray Abraham again, like there's just a quiet throwaway line a few minutes earlier where they're like, he drinks too much. And I think he lives here. And he just like comes out of the broom closet with his hair all tussled. Like, this show just puts so many things out there that just come back, and yep. it's fucking masterfully written.
1: Here we're getting the final review from this kid. He gives the he gives the game a rating of, it was mentioned earlier, four b-holes, yep. um, and you see like the little graphic of four little, they don't look like buttholes, they look kind of like poop splatters.
3: It's like a cat's butt, like the X thing.
0: The asterisk?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't have a cat to look into its butthole, um, so. As a you person who's learn, owned man. cats
0: his entire life, accurate fur is accurate, yeah. and they love showing you their buttholes.
1: And again, maybe it's if have had a just, cat, we'll test. It's just it was fun to watch a bunch of adults now cheering and reacting to being awarded four buttholes. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's so
2: ridiculous, but they take it so seriously.
3: Gordo would have loved that.
1: Yeah, I know. Again, it was just the wrong episode for me to not be around for.
0: Now, a quick question for Ferg and Nick before we finish this up: What does an expansion pack like this usually cost? Like, what is the cost associated so, with like downloading this?
2: It depends, honestly. Yeah. Per game, it could be a hundred dollars, could be a hundred and twenty. Um, I would say like, so it's weird they like package these things differently. So like, you could buy just the game, right? Sixty bucks, but then. There's going to be all this expansion stuff off of this expansion that you could get for if you bought it all now for 120, but if you bought it as you went along, it would be, you know, 108 <laughs> like they they get yeah, you they coming and get going you.
0: lately, yeah. But or at least 100 bucks probably.
2: E- yeah, I'd say that's a good ba- between, you know, 60 and 100.
1: It's basically buying a whole new game. It's like in a, you know what I mean? It, right, yeah. So I I get it. Games are so expensive now. Um but, yeah, and we see Rachel and Dana watching on, and it's it's just another like it's the last time we see them in this episode, and they're talking about the the butthole thing and how it's the rating system. and Dana is explaining to Rachel that anything above two is exceptional because I'll say this when he first said four, I thought it was probably out of five or something. so um, someone was cheering really heavy. But I guess anything over two in general is is really good. so a, a four was
2: which is a weird rating system for metrics like i don't know why over two is good
1: we go to Longbottom as you said earlier joe the there was a a mention earlier that the thought that he might be living there and we see him walk out of this closet like not fully ready for work or anything but because everyone's in the office cheering uh i assume the review came at like non-typical hours so everyone just made it a point to be there for it so now he's running up and trying to figure out what's going on. It's like, what's up? It's like, oh, we got four buttholes. He's like, dear God, I took a lover in Guam once. She had three, but four. That's the dream. <laughs> That's the
0: dream. <laughs> which is, is front you with the only thing you could say, which is just like questioning, like, what? <laughs> they cut away from yeah, him right away. His response
2: to that was the, the what was perfect. Yeah.
1: Seeing the um him come out of the closet like that, too. And the fact that he was like living there, that did give me like the Creed vibes of like the finale of The Office. I thought the same thing. Yeah, this is—he's the
0: Creed character for sure. That's a good
2: comparison
1: for sure. Yeah. While everyone's celebrating, Brad saying to Poppy, "Like, hey, like the expansion—the expansion's a hit—and you know, congrats to you or Iron, you know, whichever one of you won." And he's like, "I can't keep track anymore." And she's like, "You know, both of us won. Like, this—this this is just like good news in general." And as she's saying that, now Ian gets up and addresses everyone because his office is, like, uh, it steps above everyone else. So like elevated. Yeah, he kind of has almost, like, a pedestal to speak on at all times when he's coming out of his door. And he's talking to everyone and saying, you know, we've done it again. And there was someone that he needs to thank. And, you know, his muse, really, his partner, he's like, you know, if you've. Seen her around the office these last few days, a little worse for the wear. But I can tell you, I never lost faith in her. Calls her up there, and then Brad's like, "Get up there," and and she knows, she knows him so well. He's like, "He's not talking about me. He's talking about the shovel." And then you hear him go, "The shovel," and then someone brings the shovel up. And I did like that. I like that. Joe that brings whole... the shovel. She like. Yeah, Joe comes running that's... with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of during that we're we're made to think he's talking about her. Although again, it's one of those typical tv show things you knew wouldn't have been her just because the way that these shows work but i like that she wasn't fooled either she knew the whole time that he was talking about the shovel because as we said before they just know each other so well. right yep and it pretty much ends on that he gets the shovel and then everyone's just chanting his name and um you know because he said like to the shovel to mythic quest and it was just uh chanting i in i in and that was um that was the conclusion of the episode
0: I think that's a perfect way to end it, too, right? Like, the no... You don't want a character like that to be redeemed to end it. You want him to be the exact same person having learned nothing. Right. So you can go into the next episode following the same.
1: Yeah, we see enough of him where we can see the humanity there. um, And that he's... But he needs to stay flawed. So that was a good way to... Like you said, he didn't really learn enough, at least in that moment.
2: Still a lot of work to be done. If this was a movie...
0: You could have that happen, but when you're trying to do episode, 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 you have to have it so right. he, like, slowly redeems and loses it every time.
1: So, yeah, um, like I said, that was the conclusion of the episode, and I don't know much else about the show. There's not a lot of info, because it's, I just think, like, when they're newer shows, there's just not a lot of extra info on them yet. Like, they, they're just, you know, there's not much it's there.
0: In progress, yeah.
1: But I don't know if there's anything else you guys wanted to remark on about the show or the gaming world in general or how it's portrayed, but we covered
3: it pretty well throughout the episode, I think
1: I'll ask you guys real quick now before we close out. We talked about the games as a kid um to the to those of you who are still actively playing games like what are the types of games you guys like to play these days?
2: <clears throat> I was just playing a game when Joe came on uh called Battle bit that's a lot of fun. it's just a first person shooter with like minecraft style graphics so you can do a lot more um but I play all the the common games uh i know ferg kind of delves into the rpgs more uh not like mmo but just like a typical rpg i've never had the patience for those games i've always had the proclivity to play, play the uh like the fast paced blow up first person shooters and stuff that everybody else seems to play um not that nobody plays those rpgs tons of people play them it's just not my thing
3: yeah, like Nick hit on the head. I like a good RPG. I also like survival horror games. I just uh, just recently bought the new uh, Resident Evil uh, 4 remake, so I'm going to dive into that real soon.
1: I suck at video games. Um, I never really played a lot of them, which is probably why I suck at them. But
3: Oh, man, you kill it at Arkanoid.
1: Arkanoid was like, I was going to bring that up when we were talking about childhood games. I loved Arkanoid. I played so much of it as a kid. And, um, like, modern day stuff, like, I don't really, like I said, I'll play, like, a wrestling game when they come out, um, but but those were always ones that I had more fun playing, like, alongside of friends more than just playing story modes on my own, and that's kind of, like, the only time I really like playing games in general is just when it's a social thing with other people. But um, And then, like, Madden got just tricky. Like, now there's just people who are just experts Yeah, at it, that's just so not fun anymore. So, like, if you're not playing a friend of yours and you go online and playing and everybody's a fucking expert, it's just not fun anymore. So, like, I just don't do it.
0: I don't play anything new now. I would love to get my PS2 set up, though, because I did really enjoy a lot of those games. And I'm sure there were newer ones, too. Like, I'm sure if I liked the Medal of Honor or Call of Duty or whatever, there's probably a newer one that I'd like, too. But I'm also at a point where I'm like, I'm not gonna buy a six hundred dollar gaming system to play. So it you once can hook that
3: up. It's two wires. It's one to the TV and one to the, the wall. Till the
1: sweat drip
2: seems- down your ball.
1: <laughs> you know when, when um when I got my laptop, you know, one of the first things I did was I bought a couple like USB controllers, like one N64 one and an NES one, and I got a couple em uh en- ugh, emulators. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna play all these video games now. Like, I have all the old Nintendo games, and I did that for like a few days, and then I just don't. I just don't play a lot of games, and I don't know. I I don't know why I can't like bring myself to like just sit and enjoy them. But I'm just my brain's always in fifty places at once, and I have zero time. So
0: I play a lot lately. A lot of uh, reverse Tetris, which is very fun. Oh, you just go up. Yeah, you go up and try to break so you don't hit the top that sounds stupid but that's like what I do when I'm like I have 10 minutes between whatever or like I'll do it if I'm on like the exercise bike in the morning so I'm not like just I was sweating, a, staring I at was the a wall. big
1: Tetris guy but now I'm like because I'm just playing on my phone i'm I'm just candy crush which I I guess it's the same it, not the same game but like same mindset right people who like want it's seat. based on bejeweled right candy
3: crush it's that yeah, kind of game. Yeah, yeah, you're so, just yeah. yeah
1: you're matching you're matching lines and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I play a lot of that. And that's basically the only video game, if you want to call it a video game, <laughs> that I play these days. But, um, yeah, might as well get into the green Lighter cancel. Obviously, uh, without Gordo here, we're not going to have a full review. But you can go to s1e1pod on Instagram, and we will have a graphic up later in the week. And that will include his score, but the four of us will go, and we'll see where it is. I, I think I know where it's going anyways, but for the sake of argument, I'll go in the order I see you guys. Nick, you're first.
2: Yeah, this is a uh, easy, easy green light. I'd say in the past five years of TV shows, this might be my favorite. It's like I don't know. It's really invigorating. It's it's not a sitcom. Okay, let's get that we've talked about. It. It's not a sitcom. It's just a straight comedy, but it's just so much. It has so much potential. Even watch I, I've watched this, but I felt the same way. I didn't watch the pilot for the first time that long ago. Uh, within the past couple months, um, but i I remember watching it the first time and just like dying to keep going and see where this where this goes. There's like I said, there's a lot of potential um for story for where these where the cast members are going. So yeah, definitely a big, big green light. I will say this though. Uh, I'm pretty sure Gordo is gonna cancel this because it just seems like one of those shows that he would cancel and he wouldn't have a good reason as to why. Besides the fact that it wasn't a sitcom and that he can't get over, but I'm calling it now. I think Gordo going to cancel. But yes, big green light for me. I love this show. Great cast. Great writing.
3: Can't beat it. For, yeah, I um Like I said, I watched this all the way through and then I just watched it again for this. And it, even though I already watched it all the way, it killed me not to go on to the next episode. So, I mean that's a green light for me. it's such a bit it's a pretty big ensemble cast, and we've we've gone over this in the past, but that's a lot of people to meet at once, and I wasn't overwhelmed. You got an idea of who everyone was, and there was still so much to go on um you they gave you the successful launch at the end. it leaves you wanting more to see what they do next, so easy green light
1: Joe.
0: Yeah, I don't have much to say that Ferg and Nick didn't say. Uh the one thing I will say is I think it's I think it's sad and kind of unfair for this show, and a weird indictment that like there are so many different places to watch shows now. That something that has this good of acting, writing, like everything that it's so funny, a bunch of us hadn't even heard of and we spend too much of our lives dissecting TV shows, right? Like I think that's maybe Apple. Apple has the most money in the entire world, and when they want to do things streamlined, they can. Like I said, I spent an hour in the Apple store the other day getting a new phone. When they, when you get into the cogs of that machine, they are better than almost any company at just like making things go and work. And for every Apple commercial I see on TV for anything else, I never see one for any show on that platform. That I just think that's really unfair to this show that is so funny. That the writing was so good on. That everybody was so great on. And like good for them for giving it more seasons. But maybe this will help more people who didn't know what to find it. Maybe we're the outliers. But I guess I'm going to have to find a way to get Apple TV Plus now. Because this was so enjoyable. And uh, it's a green light for me.
1: Yeah. And uh, as you say that before I even get in mind. I, I, One thing I did read too going over everything was. They greenlit a second season before the pilot even aired. Which I thought was a really interesting move. So, I don't know if they didn't have a lot in development. Like, I don't know the infrastructure for Apple TV+, Plus, but I thought it was really interesting for them to do such a thing. But, uh, yeah, as far as my rating goes, I didn't know what to expect with the show, honestly. I just knew it was about, like, gaming, and I was a little iffy on that, as where I'm not a big video game person. The tie-ins to the creators being the guys from Always Sunny and everything else, and as we mentioned earlier, it has a big Silicon Valley vibe, and that's a show that I very much enjoyed. So for all those reasons and everything else that happened within it, I thought that show was pretty fun. So I'm going to give it a green light also. And Nick, I'm glad you mentioned it because I thought the same thing. I can very much see this being a show that Gordo just randomly um, decides to cancel, provided that he actually watches it. Uh- <laughs> I was just
0: going to say that if he <laughs> watches it is the key here.
1: Yeah. But but yeah, in any event, that will be on S1E1Pod on Instagram. We'll have the graphic up later in the week. So go ahead and check that out. And as far as we go, his vote doesn't really matter because we already have four out of four. So congratulations to... I was going to say to Silicon Valley. Congratulations to Mythic Quest. (laughs) You do get the green light from us. Uh, Thank you to everyone who listened to this episode. Again, make sure you follow us, s one e one Pod. Uh, shoot us a message, talk to us and again I want to know what kind of shows you want us to cover but I also like knowing who you guys are, how you found us um, and you know, just kind of what you like about the show so we can continue to do things you like to hear but uh, in any event, that's all the time we have for this week we'll catch you again next week with another new episode until then, thank you goodbye Pootie out,
0: think we got the best booty shooties <laughs>